Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Alright, let's pray and let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now we started this conversation around uh, kingdom success and some principles that would help us to uh, be successful on the earth realm. Now one of the things that people must understand every time is to know that the world runs on two tracks. So there is the spiritual and then there it's the natural. Okay? And a proper understanding of both would help you to be able to uh, live a successful life on the earth. And this is very, very important. Sometimes you have believers who go off all on the natural track and then, you know, nothing so much spiritual. And then you also go off, you have believers who go off on the spiritual track and, you know, they don't have that natural basic wisdom to get things done in their life. And so all the series this month is to help you understand where to bring the balance and some things you can do to be able to get uh, your life to the next level or get into the next uh, place of your obedience with God. So this morning we're looking at what you have is enough. What you have is enough. Or you can write it, what I have is enough. And this is, this is about a perspective. This is about helping you to see things in the proper perspective. I realize in life perspective, having a biblical perspective to things is very important. It helps us and it helps our decision. Can we turn to Second Kings chapter 4? And there's an interesting story there in Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 1. Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 1. We're going to read from verse 1 to 7. Now... A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slave. Now, about eight years ago, I stumbled on this verse of scripture and wisdom spoke to me from it. And it's very, very, very simple. The first thing is this, you must realize that the fear of God does not automatically transfer to prosperity on the earth realm. And that's very important. Because this man feared God. Okay? This man feared God. And the prophet said yes. The prophet did not say you are lying. The prophet said yes. This man feared God. He says, but the creditors have come to take my children. So, the, the thing I want you to see here is sometimes people complain, Oh, but I serve God. Oh, but I fear God. Why is my life like this? Why is it that I don't have money? There is a natural process on the earth. The fear of God will bring the blessing, but there's the natural process of the earth for accessing wealth. Now, the, the, the natural process is very simple. Money is the reward you get for either an exchange of goods or what? Or services. Are you here or you're going home? Alright. So that's it. 
So on the X-Rem, you must be exchanging something. It's either you're exchanging your time for your employer, or you're exchanging a good, you're selling something, or you're exchanging what? A service. Now you realize that, uh, uh, interestingly for this prophet of God, it also means that those he was ministering to probably didn't look after him. Okay? So two things I want you to pick here. Number one, on the X-Rem, there has to be a natural engagement for increase. And that's important. The second thing I learned from this uh, passage of scripture when I studied it very carefully is to realize that most of the times, because of human natural tendencies, when you die, your family would always be left alone. You know, maybe in the first one month, they'll contribute a bag of rice and they'll buy one school uniform for your child and, and do something. And so it's important, and I speak to men especially, it is important that when you start raising your family, you must begin to put very certain principles in place and, and, and put certain structures in place to look after your family. I mean, we believe God for long life, uh, but look after your family in case something happens. And I've, I've seen that all the time where, uh, 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 especially for men, sometimes we can live as if the women or the wives we married are an extra addition to our lives. And then when the man passes on, then your family come in like scavengers and, and divide asunder whatever you've done and they begin to to oppress and, and do all kinds of stuff. And it's very important. And if you want to get married, it's very important to have that conversation with whoever you're going to get married to. Because here we found the prophet of God died and his children were being taken as slaves. And so it's important for you to put certain structures in place for your family. And that's very, very important. And, it's the, and when I mean certain structures, it's not just writing a will there that is debatable. And right from, right from the right from how you live with your wife from the day you got married there should be certain boundaries and certain uh, uh, certain uh, 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 policies put in place that will not allow such things to happen and these are the conversations we need to also have as believers because sometimes we don't have this conversation and our life get messed up the fourth lesson there is that if you are a pastor you have to look after your family because we, we also realize and I've seen through experience and speaking with pastors where pastors will labor over local congregations and they would pass on and uh, just, just in a couple of months the families are, are, are left to fend for themselves. So in as much as you're doing the work of God and laboring over the people of God you will realize that the human nature is by default very selfish and so the fact that you're a pastor if you die does not automatically mean that the church is going to look after your children they should but but it, it might not happen that way and so you cannot say because you're laboring for god you leave your family to the mercy of the creditors are you learning something this morning these are very very important things i remember preaching in south africa a couple of years ago and the lord gave me a word of knowledge concerning uh, some pastor's children that have been hurt by the church and abused and 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 and, and as i was preaching two kids two boys i mean matured guys ran out of the church went outside and started crying and I finished and my host told me they were pastor's children. The father died and, and the church didn't look after them properly. They were thrown out of their homes and a couple of stuff. And the children never wanted to have anything to do with ministry or come to church anymore. But that particular service, because I was a guest coming in, they just came in. And then the Lord uh, uh, spoke to me about them. I were able to minister healing to them and everything. I just want to say this very loud and clear. The truth of the matter is sometimes people do not care about you as they seem to proclaim 
name, especially even within the family structure. And so you must, I know this is very hard truth, but I was born to tell the truth. <laughs> I've told lies sometimes, but I was born to tell the truth when I was younger. Okay, but now you realize that you have to put structures in place. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have to put very solid structures in place to make sure that at your exit, your children are not being taken by the bank. Okay? For credit. And this is very, very important. I know most times we don't want to have those conversations, but are conversations we need to have. Are you still here? Let's, let's go on. Then number two, verse two. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in your house? And she said to, and she said to, she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Now, when she referred to the jar of oil as nothing, it will tell you her perspective. She didn't, she, didn't, she didn't think the jar of oil was anything to go by. It's like saying, you, I'm, I'm in a big problem. What do you have for me to ha- help you? You say, I have a, 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 a gallon of oil in the house. You know, people say, well, well, let's talk about serious things now. You know, it didn't look like that was enough. Okay, now the prophet of God says, then he said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors. Even empty vessels do not get but a few. Now, even empty vessels of your neighbors do not look like something much. How many of you agree with me? Yeah, if I say go and borrow something from your neighbor, I mean you want to borrow something substantial, not empty vessels. But the truth of the matter is that it's those little things in our life that God will pour His Spirit upon that will take us to the next phase of our walk or will bring us from the circumstances that we are. And, she, and you shall, verse 4, and you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. The principle of building internally. We live in a world that is everywhere, flamboyant. You have to show what you're doing. No, that's not true. You must learn to build in secret. You must learn to build behind closed doors. Verse 6. When the vessels were few, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There's not one, one more vessel left. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons can live on the rest. I want you to observe this principle. After the multiplication, after the miracle, the prophet says, go and sell. And that's where most of us miss it. I believe that every one of us in this life, we've we've had that supernatural intervention of God. We've had that miracle of God. But where some of us miss it is in that area of engaging the market, of going to sell. And I've always said it in this local house, that whatever God gives you by miracles, you have to sustain by principles. Whatever God gives you by miracle, you have to sustain by what? By principle. So Elijah multiplied the oil miraculously, but how did Elijah said she should go and sustain herself? Go to the market. Go and sell that oil. Go and engage the principle of finance and increase. And we must learn this. And sometimes we want these things to be taught from the pulpit, but the scripture was not given to teach us about how to multiply money. So you've got to go, go for courses. Let people teach you this. Meet professionals who know a bit about this and learn. You know, from the day I read this scripture and I understood this, I began to take financial courses. Every year I take a financial course. It's, it's a policy. Every year I take a financial course. Every December I read only financial books. Just to get me ahead for the year. Just to review my finances. You know, because sometimes these things are not taught in Bible school. And when I talk about uh, multiplying money, I'm not talking about those who will send you to bring 10,000 and then in one week you are getting 40,000. 
That's not the scripture says he that makes haste to be rich will not be innocent. We're not talking of MMM. For you to be scammed, there will be a level of greed and covetousness in your heart. There are certain things that are not just workable. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So once you, we're not doing this now and then you just quickly go and pour your money somewhere where people are promising multiplication of money here and there. Wealth is built over time. Wealth, sustainable wealth is built with patience. That's very important. Sustainable wealth is built <coughs> with patience. But what I want you to pick here is the scripture says that there is a little jar of oil. So what caused this miracle here? Two things. The little jar of oil and the empty vessels of the neighbors. And if you look at these things, you will realize that this doesn't look like big things. Praise the name of the Lord. It doesn't look gigantic. It doesn't look so big. What's a little jar of oil? But what you have in your life is enough. Most times in life, we want what others have. We're looking at the big places people have. We're looking at the big things people have. And you must realize in life that people's harvest is not your destination. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you see me today, this is, this is, this is the harvest. But this is not where I started. You know, I said in the first service, I, I, I don't watch a wedding video, or a, a traditional marriage wedding uh, video. I, I really don't watch it. Uh, not because I don't want to watch it. When I see myself in that video, I don't like myself. Okay, so when you see myself now, I see myself now. I say, "Oh, our pastor is nice. He's nice looking." Is that no, no? This is harvest. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you see me in my seed state, you will not like me. So what I'm trying to say is, most times in life we compare our seed stage with the harvest season of people, and 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 because of that, we despise what we have. I mean, I'm sure you've read this story. It's a fictional story about the acres of diamond. It's a book. I think we have it in a bookshop. You should, you should get it and read it. Acres of diamond. The man wanted to have diamond. He wanted to be rich. But he sold his plot to go to another land that he thought would have diamond. Years after he came back, his land that he sold actually contained diamond. It was an acre full of diamonds. And it's like that in life. We despise our talent. We despise what we have. We're hoping for this big break. You can be in this city, talented by God. You have something you can do. But all you want to do is just to wear coverall and helmet and boots. And make sure you have an LNG sticker on your chest. And it's been 10 years. It's been 5 years. It's been 8 years. You're just waiting for this fantastic job to come when you could have been making money daily. What you have is enough. Come on, somebody say that with me. Say what I have. Say it one more time. Say what I have is enough. You've got to believe that. It has to shape everything you do. It has to shape the way you see life. What you have is enough. Let's go to Exodus chapter 4. Let me give you another story. The mouth of two or three witnesses, a word is established. Exodus chapter 4. Let's go to Exodus chapter 4. And let's read from verse 1. I want you to really, really see this. What you have is enough. Sometimes God will place people around us. And place mentors and place teachers around us. And we'll be, we'll be you know. <laughs> uh, sometimes life is very funny. I, I, I've, got, I've got people who, you know, I mean, you talk with them. They'll tell you, oh, that's the pastor I respect. That's the man of God that I'm following. That's the pastor that I respect. That's the man of God that I'm following. And they show you somebody far off, way bigger. You know, but when they run into troubles and then they need somebody to do stuff for them, you know what? Then they come to meet me. 
doesn't just make sense. Because the truth of the matter is that sometimes God can place people around you to give you the opportunities for the next level, but you're looking for someone that is far off. You're looking for someone that's way there. It, it happens among couples. Your husband might have the wisdom you require, but you wouldn't listen. Your wife might have the wisdom you require, but you wouldn't listen. There's something in the human life that's always wishing for what others have. Always wishing for the opportunity. But no, what you have is enough. And if you stay faithful with that, God will turn that around and will cause it to be the source of breakthrough for you. Exodus chapter 4. Then Moses said, What if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, The Lord has not appeared to you. From verse 1. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A staff or a rod. Then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. But the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by the tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it. And it became a staff in his hand. Verse 5. Then that, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. And if you read further, the scripture says, Now you shall take the rod of God wherewith you will do signs. What did God use in the life of Moses? The staff that he had. The rod in his hands. And remember, this was the rod that was used to do signs, wonders, and miracles in Egypt. This was the rod that parted the Red Sea. Hallelujah. Come and I said, Hallelujah. The rod in his hands. God didn't say, well, oh, we, we can't use rod. Go get something else. What you have in your life is what God is going to use. That's where the power of God will come. What you have in your hands is what God is going to use. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, someone blessed us with some amount of money. And when they, they gave me that money, Second Kings chapter 4 came to my mind. And then we started the bookshop. Before we moved the bookshop here, the bookshop was way down there. We started the bookshop with the money. Now, if I had not started that bookshop the, 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 when the person gave us the money, by now we would have used that money. What you get by miracle, your miracle is your startup capital. Principles will sustain that. Somebody gave you a hundred thousand. Somebody gave you fifty thousand. Somebody gave you sixty thousand. Think of what you can do with that. What you have is enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, talk to me, church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What you have is enough. Stop looking down at what you have. Let's read another scripture. Luke chapter 16 verse 10. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. What you have is enough. Luke 16 verse 10. A lot of people think, Oh, if I have this, my life is going to be better. If I have this, my life is going to be better. No, sir. A thousand times no. What you have is enough. Look at this scripture. He who is faithful in what? In a very what? I didn't hear you, church. He who is faithful in what? In a very little thing. He didn't say he who is faithful in little things. He who is faithful in a very little thing. Come on. If I say something is very little, it means it's very little. He who is faithful in a very little thing is also what? Faithful in much. And that's where the challenge is. We don't want to be faithful in very little things. Everybody wants much. Everybody wants much. That job that you have, why don't you stay faithful there? 
You know, most times we take up jobs and you know, ah, 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 I, I don't think I should be doing this. After I graduated, uh, how much are they paying you? It's nothing. It's just more 20,000. It's nothing. What can I even do with 20,000? And what we do is we get into that job with grumbling and attitude and we eject a curse into that job. Because every time you see they rebelled in scripture, they grumbled, the dead angel is released. There's no sign of gratitude. Because when you grumble, your, the creative aspect of your brain shuts down. You, you don't get creative about where you are. You don't get creative about what you're doing. But we always despise. Because everybody wants to do that job that's going to bring a million naira one month. That's what everybody wants. We always despise what is in our hands. You see somebody waiting to get a big job. He's got offers and he doesn't want to take the offers. What you have in your hand is enough. You've got to start where you are. This ministry didn't start this way. I started in the house with three people. Sunday evening meetings. Then I was squatting with my friends. Started in his house. From there we were able to move. First Sunday service were about five or so thereabout. I remember the day we were twelve. Whoa, it looked like a breakthrough. In fact, I called Sister Mary and said, we're 12 today. Because then I was, I was here alone and she was, she was in Delta State. And look at where we are today. We didn't start out with having our own property. We started out with someone else's property. We took care of it like our own property. We, I mean, those of you who were there in the other place, you saw how we started. We are, I mean, sometimes, and it's happened to me all the time, sometimes I'm repairing something at home, I bring some people to repair the stuff, and I say, do it this way, they do it, they'll say, ah, but oh God, this is not your house. I said, no, there's a principle in scripture. If you're faithful in another man, he will give you your own. There is no landlord, no landlord I have stayed in his house that I did not leave the house. Listen, Ten times better than when I got in. Ten times better. Absolutely. Ten times better. And when I was leaving any house, go check with any of my landlords. I didn't strip the house naked. You know, some of you, by the time you leave the house, it's like a tornado went through that house. Say, that plug is my old remover. That way, remove. And the house is, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. I remember the last place we left, wanted to move the gate. And I asked them, if they move this guy, I mean, the whole place will be messy. I said, leave it. You see, the scripture says, the liberal soul shall be made fat. It's not because I have so much money. It's because I have a liberal soul. I mean, so, I know, I'm not saying don't take your things from your house, but by the time some of you leave the house, they have to rebuild the house. Because even if part of your thing, yeah, break the wall, bring this block. This block is my block. You don't need to do that. But, what I'm saying is, that rented apartment is enough. Take care of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Talk to me, church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That business is enough. That ministry is enough. I don't, I mean, we trust God to go through the nations, but my eye is never on the nations. That's not how God promotes people. I had to cancel a couple of the young pastors who follow me and that I mentor. I said, with this whole COVID thing, we're online, we're doing live streaming. Some people will like your, your post from Canada, from UK, from Germany. It will be foolish of you to begin to focus on those people and leave the people that God has sent you to minister to in your local environment, including those who don't even have access to watch you online. Because how to break into those nations is not that way. It is the Lord that gives nations. You stay faithful with your assignment. Look at this. He who is faithful in very little thing. In John chapter 6, Verse 5 to 12, Jesus needed to feed the multitude. And there were five loaves and two fishes. And the disciple says, what are these among many? 
You can look at your job. You can look at your life. You can look at everything around you. And say what are these among many. But if you would take that thing up to the Lord in thanksgiving. And appreciate the Father. The miraculous power of God will break through into that thing. Will break through into that ability. And you begin to experience multiplication. What you have in your hands is enough. Jesus took that same thing. And lifted it up to the Father. And gave thanks to the Father. And the anointing of increase came upon it. Two perspective. You can either despise what you have. You can despise your ability. You can despise what God has called you to do. You can despise your gifting. Or you can thank God for it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you still with me? <laughs> In Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3, the Bible says, God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. In Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10, he says, Do not despise the days of little beginnings. Do not despise the days of little beginnings. What you have in your hand is enough. I remember in school, I had this friend. She, she, was, a, she was not so much of a big girl in that sense. But she always carried big, big bags. I don't know why that combination was that way. You know, she was small, but she always had these big bags. And then she wasn't supported so much. Her parents was in Lagos. With not so much funds. And she, you know, one day we were in class, we were talking, and I was like, yeah, she was just talking about what was going on with her financially and everything. It wasn't like that I, I had money to even give to her. So I told her, what's in your bag? She said, oh, some ladies' things, tissue, and a couple of that. I said, no, this bag is too big to be taking only tissue. There's no need to. Buy a recharge card inside. Buy things that people can need in class inside. And every time you come to class, let them know that you're selling these things. And that's how her recharge card business started. And, I mean, God just prospered her and she, she was able to use that at least a little profit to take care of herself. You can't be carrying big bags and just be putting tissue. And be using it to snap picture when you're hungry. What you have is enough. The bag is enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The front of your house is enough to start a shade. You are sitting there and just in all the, all the same. Why not just put a table and put something on top? Your street is busy. People pass there every five o'clock. You are praying and are saying they are disturbing you. No, get up and fry something for them. This, this whole statement of a whole me, a whole me has made more people poor than the devil. You, listen, you cannot be successful in life with pride. What you have is enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come and talk to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What you have is what? Is enough. Don't look too far. Don't think tomorrow is going to be better. Whatever God has given to you today is what you will use to create tomorrow. You are a co-creator with God. You can create your life. I strongly believe this. I'm still studying it, but it's, it's something I believe. This is not scriptures, this is just me. I believe that whether you go to school or not, there are abilities that God is giving to you in this life. That if you will maximize them, at least you will be able to feed yourself. I just believe that. Somebody say, why do you believe that? It's my belief. But I know it's correct. Because there's no one person in this world without a talent, without an ability. And I ask myself all the time, why did God give us these talents? I realize it's so that we will not have an excuse. That there was nobody to help us. Because that talent is God's help to you. You got it for free. Hmm? 
When I was small, I used to talk a lot. I talked, talked a lot. Sometimes I look at my daughter today and I'm like, oh God, help me. You know, my daughter, right now they are not in school, so she will watch cartoon for a long while. And then the brother will come from school. Then she will tell the brother all what she watched in the cartoon. And you will see the brother laughing. And then the brother is more like my wife. He's the quiet type. I'm the one who talks. Then after I watch, she say, he's okay, he's okay. You say, wait, wait, wait for this one, wait for this. She still wants to talk. You know, one day my mother told me. I think I said something. I don't know what I said. But obviously she was very angry with the way I was talking. She now said, this is your mouth, this is your mouth. This your mouth will put you in trouble one day, or it will make you succeed. I said, I choose the second one. He said, That is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know? So I've always thought. But then, fast track to this day, that's what I do. I mean, sometimes I go to nations and I have to preach four times and I have to preach five times. Apart from the fact that my physical body sometimes gets tired, I can preach as long as I need to preach. That ability, I'm not saying everybody who can talk has been called to preach. Okay, but you say that ability is given to me free. Some of you know how to write. Some of you know how to weave. You know, sometimes some ladies will weave your hair and it's so nice, so beautiful. Some other time when the, the lady is done with your hair, I mean, the hair is paining you. You give us husbands some work to do at home. We have to part the hair, put pillow, put this, put just to make sure the hair doesn't. I mean, sometimes my wife's hair is made like that. And the hair is paining her. I'll just tell her, see, you know what? Tomorrow morning, God just go and lose it. Just cut it. Do something. At least we'll know that that's an investment gone. Because your peace of mind is more than the, the, the pains of the hair you'll be carrying. Are you following what I'm saying? Sometimes some people know how to decorate places. If somebody knows how to decorate places naturally, if it comes as a natural gift, and somebody because of money just started an event company, by the time both of them are done with those decorations, you would realize that there's something different about this person. Why? Because there's an ability in their spirit for that. Let me give you a scripture for that. If you go to Exodus chapter 31 and verse 2, you read from verse 1 to verse 3, Exodus chapter 31, one of the things you realize is that the scripture says, I've put the spirit of wisdom upon Oheliab and Bezaliah so that they can make artistic design. That means God, look at verse 2, I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of craftsmanship. That means the Lord does not just only anoint people for ministry. The Lord anoints people for craftsmanship. The Lord anoints people with abilities. Go to verse 4. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on. To make artistic designs. When this man is making artistic design, you would think, oh, he learned it. No. No. That gift is there. For work in gold and silver and in bronze. So, God gives us natural gifts and God gives us what? Supernatural gifts. And those gifts are enough. One of the things I want you to do after this message is to begin to look at yourself and look inward and start something. Start something. There's one of our brothers in church. I realize he writes a lot. Sometimes I began to encourage him. Put your writing into books. Do something. Write. And, and after a while, I mean, Brother Gabriel, he wrote uh, uh, four or five uh, mistakes, you, you, you common mistakes uh, you make with your money. And then he, he um, of course, you see, he writes a lot. Why? A bit of appreciation for that gift just comes. Good writing. Good writing. And today he blesses people all over the social media just by that writing. You know, sometimes we have also erroneously thought that to make impact, you have to do things for free. That's not necessarily true. 
This microphone I'm using to speak to you now is made by Shore. Now, it's because Shore people made the microphone. I mean, the, 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 the auditorium is air-conditioned. We're comfortable learning God's word under this atmosphere. Why? Because somebody's made this. So, if you put your ability to use, whether you are charging for it or it's free, you are making impact. Sometimes, one of the ways of giving back to community is to create product and services that make it easy. Are you following what I'm saying? How many of you remember when churches started? We started with bench. How many of you went to church when, it was, when we had bench? I mean, ah, we need to return to those days. Then we now went to plastic chairs. Right. And then we now had these chairs. Whether we paid for those things or not, have they been impactful? They've been impactful. So I, because I've seen young people starting NGO left, right and center when they can't even feed themselves. I want to give back to community. I want, sometimes giving back to community is going to the lab and creating something that can help people even if they are going to pay for it. Are you following what I'm saying? So, what are the things that God gives to us? Number one, God gives us gifts, talents, and abilities. God gives us gifts, talent, and abilities. These gifts and this talent and these abilities or this passion they are natural things that God has placed in our life. You see, I, I, I don't know if you can really get this message. It's burning so strong in my heart. You don't need anything external to make your dreams come to pass. You don't need anything outside of you. You don't even need to go anywhere. Start with what you have. Start where you are. Start with that thing that God has placed in you. Hallelujah. Come and I said hallelujah. I, I, I mean, we, we run our bookshop, our bookshop, uh, the Basilia bookshop. You know, sometimes, till tomorrow, I mean, I think last week or so, somebody came to the bookshop to buy a book. So I was in the office. So I, I, I learned some more. I was in the bookshop. I, oh, I, I went to meet the person. I mean, when people want to buy books, I like engaging them because I read a couple of the books. I like talk about the books. If I go and sell a book for you, the tendency of you buying a book will be high. I mean, it's because, I, because it's books. That's the only thing I can sell. Right? Then I also remembered when my mom was... There was a time things were very tough, so my mom had to sell all these rice and all these things. You know, and then people would come and buy. You know, maybe I see a, a woman struggling. She would send her child. She would say she wants to buy one cup of rice. In my mind, I can't tell you how many cups of rice, the little money I had you know, I had to pay for people, because I was just imagining that okay, I know this person's family, they are five, how will they eat one cup of rice how, how will this you know, and the little money I had, I would just add and it would be two cups of rice and you know, all kind of, so imagine today that I now say the Lord has called me to start selling rice you know that I'm just starting an NGO, are, are you following what I'm saying because the 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 ability in my inside is more of a shepherding ability more of a compassionate ability and it's not built for business are you here are you following me now because sometimes people think oh if i start a business i'll be successful do you have that capacity can you tell people no i'm not selling on credit you are very compassionate. You like to give a lot. You now went to start a business. No, we have, we have a meeting coming up. Sometimes I'll tell my secretary, you handle this person because left for me alone. I, in fact, most times she doesn't want to, because when she reaches out to me, I'm like, oh, okay, oh yeah, allow them come. They have not paid. 
I mean, sometimes she's talking to the people and I'm busy giving them a discount I shouldn't give them in the first place. So I've just told myself, next camp, I will not get involved in talking to people about that. Why? I'm not designed for that. Are, are you for, it's not as if I don't like money. But I'm not designed. I'm not wired for that. You are wired pe- particularly for something. You need to find it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And know that that is enough. Stop all this dream of dreaming one day, someday, one day, someday. No. You have today. Today is a gift from God. And you've got an ability. If you can sell, go ahead. Start selling something. Don't wait for that job that's going to bring you millions. If there's something I love so much about our brothers from the East, that is what I love. Ah, man, I absolutely... In fact, you know... uh, Business research have said that the Igbo model of apprenticeship is one of the most successful models of training business people. You know how the Igbo guys work, right? Come on now. You know how they work, right? Uh huh. I mean, I have friends in school who dropped out of school. One of my friends. <laughs> she did do after year two. She say, "Oh, Gaga, this school thing is not working." I say, "Why?" I say, "Just try." You know, they, are, they don't have time for motivational speaking. I said, just try. He now said, how many times do I ask you to help me in the example? I said, many times. I mean, we used to be scared of him. If he sits behind you, all this you'll read. You first of all say, Ugaga. Say, Ugaga. He used to call me Ugaga in school. That's supposed to max. I don't know. Ugaga. If he changes his pen and put the head, you will answer. Our fear was not that, we, I mean, of course, you, you don't want to do that in the exam, but our fear, even if we wanted to help him, was that Chinedu can copy your name. <laughs> yes, that, that. you can just copy him. He said, no need to change it now. It will take time. They will soon copy it. So that was our fear. <laughs> you know, but then he said, no, I think, I mean, the man just left when, I mean, he didn't leave school in that sense, so he started business in school. His classes began to reduce. His classes began to reduce. Demand that till today he still has a business in school. I'm not advising you to do that. But you see, what he had was enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There were times when in the school people had systems. They would type and help other people with projects. Did you, did you have that such an experience? They had laptops in their room. That's how they took care of themselves in school. This person you are waiting for to help you. What about if the person dies? What will happen? How can you build your destiny on the goodwill of another man? That if a man doesn't move, you won't move. You can't keep waiting. What can you do? What you have is enough. There's nothing like lifting what you have up to God and asking the blessing of God upon it. I've not always been one who searched for things beyond me. I've always made use of what I have. That's very, very important. God gives us talent. God gives us abilities. Then the next one, God gives us opportunities. In Genesis chapter 21 and verse 19, Hagar was crying for water. Hagar was crying for water. And the Lord opened her eyes to see the well. The well was not far off. The well was around her. Sometimes all God gives to you in this life is what? Opportunities. To meet with the right people. To serve the right person. To have an opportunity to walk in the office. Stay there. Serve. 
a very interesting story. One of the, the largest church I've ever preached in this life, largest church I've ever, ever preached in this life is in South Africa. They have, as of that time, they had close to about 800 to 1,000 members. And it was a major conversion. That year, I just felt like, yeah, I should, I should follow my dad there. They didn't invite me. My dad, I mean, of course. So, to tell you how the convention was, it was my dad. There was a speaker from Holland. There was a speaker from the UK. And I think there was a speaker from US and Swaziland. So, it was my dad speaking. But that year, I just felt like, yeah, let me just go serve my dad there. I just want to go with you. So, of course, my dad is not the person you say, I want to go with you. Then he will buy your ticket for you. In the first place, he didn't ask you to come. So... So, so I bought my ticket and I told him I won't be able to pay for hotels. So he now said I will sleep with, sleep in the, in the, in the hotel he was sleeping. So, uh, so I got there. I just followed him just to serve him, just to carry his bag. And we got there and then they gave us the room, of course. So, of course, uh, I wanted to sleep on the floor. Then I was married. And I'm not saying many years ago. I mean, this was 2016. I was there about, you know, or 17 there about. So, but then when the, our guest learned that I was, you know, pairing with my dad, I mean, he just said, okay, fine, he'll give me, so he gave me my own room. So, we're there in the conference, and I was just serving my dad, selling his CD, just hanging around him, carrying his bag, just enjoying the meeting. The last day of the meeting, the last night of the meeting, the, our host was supposed to preach, uh, Dr. Robert Munian was supposed to preach. And then I was, they were in front. I was behind my dad. I was sitting behind my dad. They were in front. And Dr. Robert was somewhere there. And I was behind. And so he turns to my dad. And he says, uh, I'm supposed to preach tonight to close this conference. And the last night is usually the largest night. To close this conference. But God just told me, Max, I should preach. So my dad turned to me and said, Hey, Max, uh, Dr. Robert said you're preaching uh, tonight. You know, when he told me that all the sermons I knew in this life vanished. That's the, that's the one time. That, that's, I didn't remember topic of anything. I, the Bible looked like all white pages. Sincerely, everything I knew, I just told him. So when we were, I was telling him, I can't do, I can't remember anything. He said, that's your own. Just go and start praying. I mean, that night, the first 10 minutes I was speaking, I didn't know what I was saying. I mean, this was a thousand people. It's the largest, and everybody came that night expecting Dr. Robert to preach. I mean, that was, that was what really broke me into the, the nation of South Africa. But here's what I'm talking about. All that God did was to give me an opportunity. Now, look at how that opportunity came. That opportunity did not come because they invited me to speak in a big seminar. How did that opportunity come? Because I just had the heart that I want to serve my father. I wasn't serving him so God would do something. I wasn't serving him so he would talk to somebody for me. No, life doesn't work that way. If you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes that office God has called you, just serve your boss with your heart. Stop complaining that the money is not enough. Serve with your heart. Bring your best. You realize that sometimes, one of these days, your boss will go somewhere, they will meet somebody, he will know that what they are paying you in that office is not enough. He might recommend you for something higher. Why don't we just learn that what we have is enough? This thing of constantly wanting something bigger, you know, it makes us to despise what we have around us. You know, even as a pastor, you can despise your members, am I right? Despise your members. I want to preach to rich people somewhere in Abuja or preach to rich people somewhere in, 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 in where, wherever it is. And despise those God has brought your way. But that's not God. That's not how life works. The scripture says about David that God took you from leading the very few sheep of your father and made you to lead Israel. It was God that did that. 
What, how did David cultivate his faithfulness? Come on. How did David cultivate his faithfulness? The little opportunity to take care of his father's sheep and to go and give food to his brothers. How did Joseph get into the palace? He used the ability God has given to him in prison. He was happy. He interpreted other people's dreams. He interpreted other people's dreams. If he was sad, he would not. If you walk around me, one of the things anybody around me will always get, the one message I pass, don't get sad around me. Because in an atmosphere of sadness and depression, we cannot hear what God is speaking to us. We might not be able to take opportunities that God is bringing our way. I mean, life is tough. He was put in prison unjustly. But what he had was enough. Come on, what did Joseph have? The ability to do what? Interpret dreams. That ability. That ability. Some of you have abilities in your, in your spirit, in your life, but you neglect them. You're looking for something. Looking for one big break. Some of you are very good with mathematics. Go and start a math center. Be the best math center in the town. And you will not be poor again for the rest of your life. Some of you are good with English. Some of you are good with spotting mistakes in anything anybody writes. Punctuation. Go and start an editing company instead of calling with your friends on Facebook. Put comma here. Put Facebook here. Put comma here. Put, put uh, semicolon here. I'll be my very girl out. Go and start an editing company. Because now that your gift that God has given to you is now causing enemies for you because you're using it in the wrong place. Start an editing. People will pay you heavily for you to correct their mistakes. People like us that didn't pay attention to progression in class. You know, if I look back at my life now, what I'm doing right now, two subjects I would have paid so much attention to in class was English language and French. Ah, if I had my way to go back to school again, those two subjects. I didn't know I would write as much as I'm writing now. But the way I write is so, I always have to give my stuff to people to edit for me. So if you have that ability to spot people's mistake, it's an ability for your prosperity. Don't use it to cause enemies. Leave your Facebook friends to post what they are posting that is not correct the way it is. Just like it. If they like it, they will like you. Don't correct it. Set up something. Edit. You might start editing for free. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What you have is enough. Don't look at, if, if you can get this message, it's very simple. Don't look outside of you for success. Success is inside of you. Sit down with yourself. What can I do? What has God given to me? So God gives you opportunities. Sometimes God gives you knowledge. You are knowledgeable in certain things. It's almost like a knowledge that God just gave to you. Some of you know how to cook. My, my brother-in-law, uh, my brother-in-law, Mary's elder brother, he's a very good cook. The, the, I mean, all the time... If, if, the, if, the, if the man visits us, uh, he, he, he just likes the kitchen. And he can cook very well. At one time, he was trusting God for a job and everything. In my mind, I kept saying, why didn't this guy open restaurants? Hmm? <laughs> Unlike me. Uh, no, that's not a good place to go. <laughs> you know, sometimes, Samari travels, she hardly travels. And then, she, she leaves the kitchen for me and then she's put all the food and everything and everything and everything. And then all I have to do is take it to the microwave, warm it and make the eba. <laughs> I think of my future. Think of the books I need to read. I think of going to the microwave. And then she comes back and the food is like that. Because, you know, left for me alone, I can just do like, just take one slice of bread. As far as nobody's in the house. And then you now imagine that because I want to make money and I go and open restaurants. 
Why are you laughing? I say, won't you patronize me because I'm your pastor? Don't let people patronize you out of sympathy. Building a business on emotion and sympathy can't prosper you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Where we have to, is our church member now? If we don't buy now, they will say we are not buying food. You not, they not buy food from, from your restaurant and not be giving it to dog. Say, how is the food? Say, it is well. <laughs> I remember one time, I went, I think it was in the US, I went for a meeting. And I was like, yeah, if I'm going to buy food, it's going to be expensive. If I buy food, it'll be expensive. So I like, I was going to cook. <laughs> I went to the mall, bought this, bought that, bought this one, bought this one, bought this one. Amen. Followed all the instruction. Cooked the first rice. Even after the rice was done, when I looked at it, even myself, I told myself, don't eat it. He <laughs> 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 went to me and encouraged himself in the Lord. This one, I want myself in the Lord. So I showed it me. I said, this is supposed to come out. I mean, that was it. I gave out everything, looked for some of the homeless people, and just blessed them and was buying my food. I began to use my faith to believe God for money. So, why I'm giving you these examples is that don't force yourself into areas you don't have grace because of money. There is something God has already naturally, naturally given to you. In that same trip I went to, a friend of mine just lent, I was around, and said, oh, we have Bible study this evening. Would you like to come? Ah, I said, why not? I mean, it wasn't like I prepared or something. I went in, taught in that meeting. The Lord manifested himself. Word of knowledge blessed a lot of people. When I was living, they gave me, gave me some cars, gave me perfume, gave me a couple of stuff. I said, that is better than cooking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In your gift is your grace. In your grace is your resource. You have to think of life in this term. What can you do? Some people like to work with wood. Some people are good with whatever. Find it. Sit down with yourself and tell yourself the truth. Most times when we pay for people here to go and learn jobs or go and take jobs, most of the things the people give us feedback on is, do you, are you sure this person really wants to learn this thing? Because you know why a lot of us go and learn whatever we're learning is because there's money in it. Hmm? It's because there's money in it. Life is not designed that way. There is a gift inside of you that you can harness. Praise the name of the Lord. Spiritual assets that God is giving to us. There are spiritual assets that God is giving to us. The word of God. Luke chapter 8 verse 11. The Bible says, and the seed is the word of God. You see, God's word is seed. This book that God has given to you is an asset. Study the word. Speak the word. Confess the word. Pray the word. From where you are. That's what God told Abraham. He says, from where you are, lift up your eyes. Let the word of God give you a vision for your life. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Learn to plant the seed of God's word in your life. It will take you from where you are. It will take you to where you need to be. Number two, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spiritual asset. It's the comforter that God has given to us. It's the paracletos. The alos paracletos. Another of the same kind. John fourteen sixteen. The Holy Spirit will not leave us helpless. He says you will hear a voice behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Hallelujah. Come and I said hallelujah. The Holy Spirit. God has given us the Holy Spirit. To guide us. To lead us. To direct us. He says I am the Lord your God. Who teach a deed to profit. How will he teach you? 
Just as that prophet spoke to that woman and multiplied that oil, the Holy Spirit will give you victory notes in your spirit and instructions that will bet victory. He will tell you what to do. He will tell you what to do. I remember how we got this, this property. I've told you this testimony many times. Someone came to our other church, helped us, was filling sand, and the Holy Spirit spoke in my heart. He said, tell him, ask him if he has a piece of land to sell. Then church just started. We were less than 50. I mean, why are you going to buy land? I, I had it so strong in my spirit, and I asked him. And he said, yes, yeah. And he came to this place and showed us, at, 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 at first we bought four plots, and he showed, showed us here, uh, and, and the Lord said, Tell him you'll give him the money next two weeks. So I said, I'll give you the money next two weeks. After I've said it, I held my hands like, God, what is this? Is this fate or foolishness? Church just started. You can't even announce you're going to buy that land at such amount of millions. And look at where we are today. Very good location. Hmm? The Holy Spirit on our inside. There's a property, there's something, a property we bought in a, in, in a city. I was lying down. I was uh, a Sunday after service and the Lord told me to ask someone. He said, ask him. And tell him you need to get a property but you don't have the money. Can he arrange a payment for you? And I just called, up, called the person up. And I said, I need to get this thing. Is it possible for you to... And he said, oh, pastor, it's fine. For you, I'll give you arrangement. Just pay any way you want to pay and I'll give you all of this discount. And that's how we got that property. The Holy Ghost on your inside. All this one looking for external help. God lives in you. Why are you not calm so God can direct you? Hallelujah. God can tell you what business to start. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God can tell you. There was a guy, uh, he was one of the millionaires in Younger Church Church in Korea. He lost everything. And one day, he was reading the Bible. And he came to the passage of scripture that says, you can find the story in the book, The Fourth Dimension. The story is there. He was reading the passage of the scripture and came to the place where he says, you're the light, of, uh, the, world, the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And deep on his inside, he felt led to start going into the salt business. And then he started selling salt. And that's how he became a millionaire. You can find the story in the book, The Fourth Dimension. Imagine you, a graduate, going to sell salt. Hmm? But there's the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. But no, you will not listen. You know, God can tell you, just sell firewood. Just target firewood. You say, no. No. <laughs> you start binding and casting. You want to wear helmets. You want that when they call you, say, I cannot pick. I'm in the plant. That's, what you, that's just what you want. Not to be able to pick people's call. I'm aside. Can't pick. You want to enter bus with AC. It's 10 years you still want. If, if that is your problem, why don't you just buy coverall and, and as, you are, as you are selling the salt, you wear helmet and, wear, and, and, and put off your phone. If that is what you need, just wear it. Then if the boss, they have dropped everybody, you can tell them to carry you that you pay. Then they drop you, they, they drop you like this, then you wave us, we wave you. So that everybody can be at peace. You can't constantly be poor because you have one ego of if it is not this one, then I will not do anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit wants to tell you what to do. I believe it's God's will for every one of His child to prosper and experience increase on the earth. While you are looking for that job, what can you do? Some of you, your wife have... Uh, have and I want to say this. Just give me a couple of minutes here. I want to say this. As couples, when you are married, learn to do things together. You know, sometimes, till tomorrow, people come to the shop, I go there and I sell. 
You cannot say, hey, you know, it's my wife's shop. It's, I'm, I'm the man. And then, you, why don't you put yourself together and have that thing as a family? Go, so, if you don't have anything doing, instead of employing a sales, sales girl, the, the business is struggling, or the shop is closed, you are paying 10000 it's not making enough business, you don't have a job yet, why don't you go and sit in the shop and do the sales? It will take anything from you. Whilst our bookshop was still on that side, there were days I sat there. In fact, there are days I sat there, I've told you before. Some people will come and buy books. They'll now say, tell your madam that, uh, <laughs> it's me, they are telling you, say, tell your madam that we came. <laughs> then they will call her and say, ah, we, we saw one boy there who is selling for you. What's my business? My, whether you call me boy, you call me child, I don't have it. Just make sure you buy the book and pay. That's all. And, and we're good. This thing called pride in life, if you don't throw it away, it will destroy you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because you're afraid. Your friends will tell you, why are you in a woman's shop? Are you not the man? And then you are poor. You are... <coughs> Let me tell you this. Eh? There are times you listen to your friends. There are times you don't listen to them. Because the thing about life is that whenever your narrative change, their conversation will change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've got to pay attention to that. Prayer. Prayer is spiritual asset. You pray in tongues. You pray in tongues. It's something God has given to you. Spend time praying in the Spirit. Jude one twenty, And John chapter 16 verse 24. Jude one twenty, John chapter 16 verse 24. Praying in the Spirit. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 29, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 29, faith in God's word says, let it be unto me according to my faith. Let it be unto you according to your faith. You've got to have faith. Faith is a spiritual asset. Hallelujah. Come on, are you still here? Let's take these five things down and we're done. Number one, always do a proper an honest evaluation of yourself and your abilities. Be honest with yourself. What can you do? How many of you remember when we were doing, uh, when the COVID started, we, we were doing devotionals, not the morning devotionals, the one we were doing on Facebook. Hmm? You know, we didn't finish it because I was struggling to write devotionals. I write most of my books in like two weeks, max three weeks, most of my books are done. I write pretty fast and quick. So I discovered that I was not built to do devotionals. Be honest with yourself. The morning devotionals were really good. I could do that. I could speak for 15 minutes. You could wake me from the bed and I could do those devotionals. There is something. Be honest. Most times we're not honest. Where are your abilities? What is your talent? What gift has God given to you? Evaluate yourself. You're going into a new year. All these messages are preparation for the year that you're entering. Don't get into next year wasting your gifts. Don't get into next year wasting your talents. Don't get into next year wasting your abilities. Put them to use. If you need to train to become better, train to become better. Number two, know what you have. Know what you have. What do you have? What do you have in your house? What do you have in your life? What things do you have that you can use to start something? Don't wait for a good job. Create jobs. Create jobs. Do something for yourself. What, know what you have and what you do not have. Know what you have and what you do not have. I have this. I have that. I do not have this. I do not have this. Number three. You cannot plan your life based on someone else's goodwill. You cannot plan your life 
based on someone else's goodwill. You cannot plan based on just what somebody had promised you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've got to look at your life and say, what can I do? In ministry, I don't wait for big invitations to come. I start what I can with where I am, with what I have. Hallelujah. Come on, I said hallelujah. I didn't hear you. I said hallelujah. Number four, start with what you have. Start with what you have. Start where you are and start with what you can. Start with what you have, where you are, and what you can do. What do you have? Where are you? God told Abraham, from where you are, lift up your eyes and see. You don't need to go outside. Where you are, let your vision start from where you are. Don't say, oh, one day, when I have one... No, 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 throw away that one day. It will never come. What do you have now? What do you have now? What can you do with what you have now? Glory to God. Come and I say, glory to God. You've got to learn what you have. What you can do with what you have. Number five, what you have is just enough. You just need to start and you need to finish. You just need to start and you need to finish. I want to urge you, please. Do a review of your life. You have abilities. And amazingly, these abilities came free. God gave them to you. If you know how to sell a lot, go sell. Start selling something. Some people don't know how to sell, but they just think that when you sell, that's when you make money. And that's the problem. So they plunge into areas where they don't have grace. Find out what you can do. Do you like teaching? I mean, I've said it many times. If I wasn't teaching, if I wasn't a, a, a pastor, I would probably be teaching somewhere. I just like to teach. You know, it was so funny that at a point in my life, I was asking myself that if I'm employed in an office, what will I be doing? It almost felt like I didn't know what I would do. Because I can't imagine just sitting in one office, maybe behind the desk for, for I mean, a whole day, then I'm going to do that for two years, I'm going to do that for three years. Ah, can't think of myself like that. I've always loved to teach. There's this thing about teaching. There's this thing about teaching. I've always loved the opportunity to impart knowledge. If, you, if you're someone like that, start a lesson. Do home lessons. Coordinate large home lessons. You know the funny thing about life? I realize this about life. Most times, people do everything they can to get funds and money, which is, which is not bad in that sense. And then towards the end of their life, you know what happened? They come back to that thing. And like, yeah, this is what really gives me fulfillment. And then they start doing that. But the truth of the matter is that sometimes if God gives you the grace to find that in early and you dig it up early and you start working with it early, you realize that even before that time comes, you would have grown in it because faithfulness will increase you. You know, people look at me today and say, oh, you know, God has blessed you for a young age. God, God has blessed you. Listen, guys, I've been preaching for 12 years. Full time. When we left youth, youth service, it should be 12, about 12 years. January 1st, 2007 was when I answered the call to full time ministry. January 1st, 2007. That was the day I said yes, absolutely yes. When everybody was preparing CV, applying there, I mean, I've paid my own price in the suffering journey. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? So what you're seeing today is not just because I said yes to the Lord yesterday. This is over a decade. I've done youth camps for 10 years. Consistency. Building. What you're actually seeing is harvest of seeds. 
You need to plant your own seeds. Hallelujah. Let's, let's bow our head and let's pray. Father, we thank you. We honor you, Lord, for who you are to us. And we just ask today that the blessing of the Lord will rest upon everyone. And we pray, Father, that you give us the humility of heart to search ourselves, to look inward and look at what we can do. And I'm asking, Father God, that the blessing of God will rest upon us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.